Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the March 29th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. As usual, I'm joined by Cheyenne Dunham. Friday afternoon, May corn closed down 17.5 at 356.5, near the bottom of today's range and off 21 and 3 quarters for the week. December corn was also near the low of the range today, down 13.5, losing 15 and a quarter cent for the week. For soybean futures, May closed down five and a quarter at 884 and a quarter. That was down 19 and a quarter from last Friday's close. November soybeans finished four and three quarters cent lower. That was down 18 and a half for the week. Well, Cheyenne, I think the big story is the one we've been talking about for quite a while now. The USDA released a couple of reports on Friday, and the fallout was pretty dramatic, if not traumatic as well. Let's start with corn acres. They're projecting 92.8 million acres. That's up about 4% from last year, or an additional 3.66 million acres. This compares with an average estimate of 91.3 million in a range of 89.13 to 92.7, so above the top end of the range. For soybeans, they estimated 84.6 million acres, down 5% from last year. The average trade estimate was 86.17 in a range of 84.26 to 88 million acres, so again near the bottom of the range for soybean acres. The other report was quarterly stocks as of March 1st. They're now estimating corn on hand at 8.6 billion bushels in the U.S. The average estimate was 8.335 in a range of 7.62 to 8.80. And this for corn is above, or not above, but near the top end of the range. On soybeans, stocks on hand as of March 1 are estimated at 2.72 billion bushels. Average estimate was 2.683 with a range of 2.095 to 2.797. So that is also near the top end of the range. Tom, as we get into the bull bear factors, looking at corn, I'm struggling to come up with much that is bullish for corn. If realized, new crop acres are going to weigh on the market. The only thing I can think that is even remotely bullish for corn is that the continued hope that we will see significant demand from China for corn and or maybe corn products. The only other thing I would add is that at 92.8 million acres, I have to think that is as high of a number as we will see for the rest of the crop year. This did not take into account any of the prolonged issues we are seeing and hearing about, especially in Nebraska and other parts of the country dealing with flooding or high water levels. My question is basically, will we be anywhere close to 92.8 million? I'm with you. It's a little tough to find bullish news today. But uh, on the bear side, as we've discussed, there's plenty of bearish news for corn, whether it's the 92.0 million acres or somewhat less. For now, that is the official number. And people are going to use that number until it's proven wrong. Even if we get back to that average of the earlier analyst estimates, that's still 91.3 million acres. That's a lot. Stocks were higher than most people thought as well. That must mean we're using even less corn than we thought is the only conclusion I can draw there. And I'm with you. Without some major demand popping up somewhere, we just grew the carryout for old crop corn. And switching to beans, the only bright light for any soybean bulls out there has to be the extremely low acreage number. When I first saw that at 84.6, I thought, that looks like a typo. But there it is. I suppose the question here is the opposite of the corn acreage number. Will it really stay that low with all of this water everywhere? 
I was going to mention NOPA crush, but recent news stories are indicating that U.S. soybean crush has been a little lower recently due to margin concerns. We'll see what the March NOPA looks like in a couple of weeks. So a few bear factors on the beans. First, the stock's number was toward the high end of the range. We know that exports have been hurt because of the ongoing trade issues with China, but is it worse than the industry thinks? Will USDA eventually have to say carryout will exceed 1 billion bushels for this crop year? There was some news earlier in the week about China buying some beans, but it was a fairly small amount and certainly not enough to keep bean prices from falling. Beyond that, the window for the U.S. to export to China is getting smaller every week, and it will soon be done until harvest, if we get a resolution there. And finally, the demand destruction in China due to African swine fever is very hard to estimate. Even harder still is the longer-term effects of this pork supply and demand in China. Tom, after today, I think we're all maybe having a hard time with the question, why does it matter? If nothing else, today points out the need to lock in opportunities when they arise. If you see a favorable price for your operation, selling forward and then delivering for that time frame has really worked well in the past few years. And on the what to watch and upcoming events portion today, um, obviously we're all getting anxious to see some people in the fields and start kicking up some dust. We need to get the dirt to be more dust-like to have that happen first. But I should let you know that at the end of today's bull bear banter, we'd like you to stay tuned for an interview we did earlier this week with two of our Landis Cooperative board members, as John Scott and Jim Carlson share their views on a number of topics. Finally, if you've got a question or comment for us, please drop us an email at podcast at landiscooperative.com. We appreciate you joining us for the bull bear banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thank you for listening, and as Paul Harvey used to say, stay tuned for more. As we mentioned during the bull bear banter, we're joined now by John Scott and Jim Carlson. John is the board president for Landis Cooperative, and Jim is the board vice president. Welcome, guys. I think we'll just kind of launch into some questions, if that's all right. Sounds good. It's great. So I think first we want to hear a little bit about where you're from and where you farm. So, John, if we could start with you. Sure. My name is John Scott. I uh, live in the Odiebold area. We run a family grain operation uh, with my brother Jeff. We farm in Sac, Crawford, and Carroll County. Okay. And Jim, what about you? Yeah, my name's Jim Carlson. Uh, we're in the Gowrie area. Gowrie is about 25 miles south of Fort Dodge, so southern Webster County. My wife Jennifer and I are farming operation there in, in Gowrie. Um, so as we're getting ready for spring, I know we're all, at least on this side of the uh, Landis Cooperative, kind of anxious about getting spring started, and I can't imagine it's a whole lot different for you. So how's spring prep been going? And we'll, we'll start with Jim this time. So far, we haven't had spring, so there's been nothing done in our area this spring to speak of. Last fall in our area, quite a bit of fall tillage got done, so we're not sitting too bad there, but uh, very little nitrogen got put on last fall, so we're kind of behind the eight ball on nitrogen application right now. So when you think about planting dates, are those going to be a little later than when you got started last year anyway? Depends on the weather the next couple weeks. I mean, we can still catch up pretty fast, but the way the weather looks now and the way the ground conditions are, I'd say we're probably going to have a little later planting date this year. And how about you, John? Yeah, we're pretty much like Jim. We're uh, Everybody's got their planters in the shed. I think everybody's finishing up the touches on their machinery and kind of waiting on the weather to turn things loose but kind of the same thing not a lot of nitrogen applied in the area so that would be a fly in the ointment with nitrogen availability but I think everyone's prepared for it I've talked to the co-op guys and and, uh, I know the supply is they're going to do everything they can to keep the supply flowing and I think we'll have a pretty good spring when it all breaks loose. 
So this is, of course, the bull bear banter, and we'd like to hear your take. What are you most excited about in the grain market? And on the other side, what are maybe some bearish thoughts that you're having right now? John? This grain market's kind of been, I would say, lack of volatility the last almost three years. We've been kind of stuck in a trading range, and we seem to get our seasonal opportunities. And I would like to say, if you see an opportunity, take it. You know, a lot of these, a lot of guys don't have a formal marketing plan, but I would say get a marketing plan. When you see an opportunity, don't be afraid to pull the trigger because uh, that opportunity can slip away pretty fast. Bullish, corn usage has been good. Of course, there's always ongoing talks of the trade situation, but they're still needing grain. Bearish, the African swine flu thing. Of course, we don't know the extent of it, but I would say on the soybean side, the supply is already burdensome. And with less hogs utilizing soybeans, it could continue to be that way for a while. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think one of the things we've heard and we like to say is the worst thing you can do is not do anything at all. So it's nice to see that y'all are on the same page about that. And Jim, what about you? I guess as I look at the grain markets, I think there could be a potential weather rallying in the corn market. Um, as we look at the western corn belt, the soil conditions we have, and the potential for the later planting date, there could be a small weather rallying in the corn market. Kind of like John said, on the bean side, there's a lot of supply in, in, in the livestock industry with uh, the tough conditions the cow-calf guys are having in the west and the hog herd worldwide probably doesn't bode well for a lot of demand for soybeans. So I guess I'd be a little more bullish on a, on a weather rally possibly in the corn and probably kind of bearish on the soybean side. So Jim, you, you're involved in raising hogs and in the livestock part of the business that Cheyenne and I don't talk a lot about. We talk a lot about grain, but from a livestock producer standpoint, how are things going and what are you kind of looking at? Well, Tom, we've got both hogs and cattle, so we we see both sides of the livestock and and, and uh, you know, the cow-calf guys in, in the West are just having a heck of a time with the weather this, this winter between the extreme cold and blizzards and now flooding in a lot of areas. So I know, and, and the, the feedlot guys are fighting mud in the mud in the feedlots. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of stress in the cattle industry right now. The hog industry is just uh, with the African swine fever and the volatility and the, and the trade uh, volatility there. The, the hog thing's kind of up in the air, too. Um, I think there's some optimism. The, the board has been pretty aggressive on the summer hogs, but I know a lot of guys had already locked in their, their summer production before the, the big run-up in the, in the numbers the last couple of weeks. So, um, And that's just a workload. You know, a lot of pits didn't get emptied last fall. That are We've got a couple pits that we're going to have to work on this spring, getting manure out, and that goes along with trying to get the crop in the ground and trying to get the fertilizer on. So... Great. Well, like I said, I think that gives us a little different perspective for some of our folks that are just on the grain side, so I appreciate that. Yep, you're welcome. So you both have been on the board for a while. Just, you know, high level from a board perspective, is there anything that you think the members should hear from you folks? You know, what are you guys thinking about? What are you looking at? What can you share with the membership? So we'll start with Jim. I guess what I would uh, encourage you to do is, is make sure you communicate with your uh, suppliers, whether it's your seed, seed suppliers, chemical suppliers, uh, fertilizer, nitrogen suppliers. With this uh, spring the way it looks and the, and the short time frame we're going to have to get everything applied, make sure you've communicated and got everything, all your ducks in a row, got everything uh, in the system so when it does, the weather does get fit, uh, we can be as efficient as we can with uh, the assets that Landis has to, to help get your work done. 
Yeah, and I would I would echo Jim's sentiments exactly. You know, give these guys Atlantis a chance. They, uh, I know they're doing everything in their power to be as efficient and uh, get the operation done as smooth as they can. You know, we're all in this thing together, and, and it is going to be a rather condensed season. But get, communicate your intentions, and I guess just uh, be on board with your FSAs and, and your seed guys and get everything you can do done in advance. And when it's time to go, everybody's ready to pull the trigger and get moving. So, John, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about Landis? We keep plugging away. We're, we're doing the best we can. The board is, has uh, been very, I guess, strategic in our, in our capital expenses, and we try to place the capital where it's best in the market and mostly utilized throughout the whole market area. Uh, this thing requires a lot of capital, and we can't do everything we want to do, but we're doing everything we can do. Right. And Jim? Yeah, like John said, uh, capital's limited no matter if you're in a farming operation or a co-op world. And we're doing trying to do the best job we can at strategically updating uh, application equipment, machinery on the agronomy side and the grain assets on the grain side. So, um, you know, we're, we're here to serve you and, and the employees are on board and ready to uh, do the best they can to help your farming operation be successful. Well, I think that's really all we have today. So, John, Jim, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to join us. We know you all are busy. Um, We appreciate your answers to the questions. Uh, We really appreciate your insight in this. Uh, We think, you know, definitely some good information here that we think our listeners and our members can benefit from. So, again, thank you for your time. Um, We hope everyone enjoyed this as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. And we'll talk to everybody again next week. Thank Thank you. you.